0: crossings podcast community this teaching is called i am the good shepherd and is the 12th teaching in our john study it was taught by molly conaway on january 17th 2021 thanks for listening all right, this might be a super weird way to start, but uh, I have a favorite shepherd. <laughs> I'm not sure if most people have favorite shepherds, but I have a favorite shepherd. And no, this is not like Jesus is my favorite shepherd thing. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I'm talking about like a person who will wake up today and spend their time herding sheep. My favorite shepherd's name is James Rebanks. And I've talked about James Rebanks in a teaching before, James lives in the Lake District in England, and he spends his days caring for Herdwick sheep, which is an ancient breed that was native to that land. James Rebanks is one of those genius people, like he blew through school and then went through an accelerated track at Oxford, but he couldn't stand academia. He couldn't stand that world and returned to his life as a shepherd because he loved it because he loved this life and this landscape he woke up to every day. He loved tending to these sheep the same way people had cared for them for thousands of years. So he spends his time laying hedges and hanging gates and bathing his sheep's feet and trimming the feces off their tails. He spends his days inspecting his sheep's Survival characteristics, their alertness, their mobility, their strong legs. He, he drives this herd from farm to farm all over the Lake District. Never actually met James Rebanks. I read his autobiography called, uh, The Shepherd's Life, Modern Dispatches from an Ancient District, Ancient Landscape. He says that in places like the Lake District, sheep are almost cultural objects, like art. And he says these kinds of landscapes are the sum total of a culmination of a million unseen jobs. All right. City girl Molly here. Um, I always thought being a shepherd was like breezy. Like, oh, that's a sweet job to like sit there with your like stick under a tree and like watch the clouds go by. Um, but I learned that being a shepherd is tough work because I mean, sheep aren't the easiest creatures on the planet. I don't think. So I have a friend, Hannah, Hannah Waddell, some of you may know her, Hannah was part of our North community. Hannah is a large animal veterinary nurse at UT Vet Hospital. Uh, I'm serious, we have like the coolest people in this community. So Hannah, large animal veterinary nurse, also grew up showing sheep. And so I told Hannah, I said, you know, I could look this up uh, on the internet, but out of sheer curiosity, like, what's your experience with sheep? What Hannah said was, well, you're not going to want to start this way, but sheep are stupid and don't listen well. (laughs) She said that they're herd animals by nature. So if one sheep decides to run off a cliff, the herd will follow with no regard to their personal safety or individual thought process, uh, which is really sad and funny when you consider this metaphor compares sheep to humans. Uh, but Hannah told me the story about when she was 15 years old trying to walk a group of five sheep to the barn and one of them decided to go a different way and so she went to get that one and then one by one five sheep decided not to go that way and so she spent this like afternoon teenage Hannah did like trying to get these five sheep to the barn. So I wish there was a video of this. Uh, she tells me there's not but I do giggle every time I imagine it. But Hannah said that in her work, she has seen that sheep become incredibly reliant on the people who take care of them. Which brings us back to John chapter 10. So so in John chapter 10, Jesus tells us this story, this parable. And nobody gets it like it totally bombs (laughs) some of my favorite moments in scripture are the times when Jesus is talking to a crowd or his followers and he says something super profound. And it's just like radio silence, like blank stares. I just (laughs) I feel awkward for everybody, I think. But I love that we get those pieces of information from time to time in the Bible. Anyway, this is one of those stories. Jesus says in John chapter 10 that the shepherd calls his sheep by name and leads them out. He says the shepherd goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep won't follow a stranger because they don't know the voice of strangers. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. He says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So here at the beginning, Jesus speaks of himself not as the shepherd, but as the gate. And I don't know how you've heard this passage taught before. I I don't think that this text is saying, like, let's recruit people for door number one, which is the Jesus gate. You better choose the right one. I mean, if you think about it, the sheepfold gate marks this transition between the sheep going out to roam the pasture and coming in for rest and safety. Verse 9 says, whoever enters the gate will be saved, and they will come in, and they will go out to find pasture. I mean, the important part about a gate is that if the sheep refuse to leave the sheepfold, if they don't go out of the gate, they don't graze and they die. But if the sheep go out and they refuse to come back in the gate, they're eaten by wild animals and they die sheep can't live their entire lives in the sheepfold and the shepherd knows that. It might be safe there, but we, I mean, the sheep, need the pasture and the hills and the freedom to roam, the adventure, the water, the green grass, and the shepherd is about this more and better life. One commentator says that the gate is part of life and key to life, but not because it keeps us in or out. It simply marks the boundary between what we are to do in each space. The secret of saving the life of a sheep is to know when it's time to go out and when it's time to come back in. The point is to listen to the voice of the shepherd, the voice you recognize above all others, and follow that call. So remember, Jesus is explaining all of this and (laughs) people are just not picking up what Jesus is putting down. So finally, I think Jesus probably like freaks out and has to spell it out. It says, I'm the shepherd. I am the shepherd. (laughs) So in verse 11, he says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand doesn't care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock one shepherd. I think something that's important for us to know in this scripture is that this talk about shepherds is political. It, it would have been heard as a political comment. Kings were referred to as shepherds and their kingdoms, the people in their kingdoms were known as sheeps or flocks. So when Jesus is talking about his being the good shepherd, and others being thieves and bandits and hired hands, I I don't think this is necessarily about Jesus versus other religions. This is about Jesus' kingdom being the ultimate authority over any other king, over every other kingdom, and that this shepherd includes a kind of freedom to life that was destroyed by other shepherds. I mean, you can see why this would get some people fired up. And and I know we don't live in a monarchy, we don't understand everything entailed in questioning the authority of a king, but I do think we understand what it means to live under the influence of other shepherds, of other voices. There are voices of other shepherds who skillfully and schemingly direct us where to go who convince us that we belong to and are cared for by them when we're not. Shepherds who make the herd scatter and confused because they don't recognize the voice and they don't know who or what to be afraid of. But Jesus says, there is a shepherd who is with us and for us, whose purpose today is to make sure we get where we need to go. Who leads us to the rest and leads us to adventure. A shepherd who who holds back the wild animals that try to get at us. A shepherd who trims the feces off our tails. A shepherd who strengthens our legs, who builds the hedges so that we can find green pasture and still waters. This is the work of the good shepherd. The work of the sheep is to recognize that voice over the others. So there's this Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel. Over 500 years ago before Jesus was born, and in chapter 34 of Ezekiel, there's an amazing and beautiful section about God the shepherd and Israel his sheep. And I I can't read this. I can't help seeing us as a humanity navigating all that we're navigating today, sometimes as the scattered sheep and God watching it all and saying this, my sheep were scattered because there was no shepherd and they scattered. They became food for all the wild animals. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with no one to search or look for them, the Lord God says. I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. They shall know that I, the Lord their God, And with them, and that they are my people, says the Lord God. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. I find it amazing that the good shepherd makes no demands (laughs) about the quality of his sheep. The shepherd doesn't base his care or protection on how the sheep look or feel, or behave. The truth about this shepherd is that he calls his sheep by name and the sheep recognize his voice over the cries of the wolves and the deception of the thieves. Over all those noises, the shepherd proclaims daily to his stinky, stupid sheep who are scattered in thick, dark clouds, you belong to me. I will search for you. I will gather you up which, according to Hannah, is not an easy task. I will lead you to pasture, and I'll bring you back, and I'll bind up your injuries, and I'll strengthen the weakest parts of you. This is the good news of the Jesus we follow. In the rest of John chapter 10, the Jews and religious leaders uh, have a big problem with what Jesus is saying. Part of me thinks they still don't understand because they start fighting about uh, whether or not Jesus was demon-possessed based on what he was saying. But there's this festival at the end of chapter 10. We now know it as the start of Hanukkah. And the Jews corner Jesus and get kind of feisty, basically saying, listen, if you're the Messiah, you just gotta say it. If you're saying you're the Messiah, then just say it. Because if he said it, then they could just straight up accuse him of treason and blasphemy. Instead, this is hilarious. Jesus brings up the sheep thing again. He says, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them real and eternal life. They are protected. No one can steal them from out of my hand. The father who puts them under my care is so much greater than the thief. No one could ever get them away from him. I and the Father are one heart and mind." The Jews then took up stones again to stone him. So things escalated quickly. (laughs) N.T. Wright says, "'Never let it be thought that Jesus' message was anything other than controversial and dangerous.'" Never forget that the famous Good Shepherd chapter ends up with people trying to stone Jesus to death. If you have your bread and juice for common meal, you can get it now. Let us never forget that Jesus' message was anything other than controversial and dangerous. Before Jesus was killed, he broke bread which represented his body and he poured out wine, which represented his blood, because the restoration of the world costs something. For the good shepherd, it meant becoming a lamb that was led to the slaughter. For us, it means we take this bread and drink this wine and listen for the voice of this shepherd to whom we belong.